Anyway, y'all don't let me forget them. <laughs> Let's turn to Second uh, Samuel tonight. Uh, well, is that where I want to be? No, I want to be in Daniel. I don't know why I just didn't turn it yet. I hope it. Daniel 2. Am I right? Okay. Until we have fun around my house discussing who's right and who's wrong, can't you? Well, I had an interesting time growing up. My daddy was never wrong. And mother was right about everything. Now, if you don't think that makes for a happy, <laughs> happy home, you ought to just get in the middle of it when the two don't match. <laughs> Uh, and my mother was a red-headed Scotch-Irish woman. That helped you any? I ought to tell you something. And my daddy was, he had a lot of Indian in him. You could look at that black hair and that eagle beak and tell when the two of them, that red hair and that black hair, just <laughs> come out pink sometimes. <laughs> oh, but they loved each other and they didn't kill each other. That's the main thing, I guess. Daniel chapter 2. I'm tempted to read these first 30 verses, but I'll I'll not do that to you right off, okay? Let's just read uh, these first six verses in Daniel chapter 2. If I can get on the right page. Daniel chapter 2. This is Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Uh, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him and sleep deserted him. Now, some bad dreams. We can't sleep because of the dreams. So the king gave orders to sermon the diviner priests, the mediums, the sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. These were supposed to be all smart men who could see the future and all of the past and everything. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream and am anxious to understand it. The Chaldeans spoke to him, to uh, spoke to the king, uh, and may the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. The king replied, (laughs) my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be made a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts or reward and great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. And they answered a second time and said, May the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will give the interpretation. king replied, I know for certain you're trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. You have conspired to me uh, to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. 
So tell me the dream, and I will know you can give me its interpretation. Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you, God, for loving us the way that you do. <clears throat> thank you, Father, for all your many blessings. And uh, we pray, Father, as we get together to look at your word and study your word, that you would open uh, the truth of the message you want us to hear, and we apply it to our lives, and we'll live as your men and women in a world that is turned upside down sometimes, it seems. God, we just uh, we pray for enlightenment, devotion, courage, and God, we just... Uh, ask that you use us as your voices, your feet, God, uh, your messengers as we talk to the world about our Lord and our Savior. Lord, uh, give us the strength and the courage to lead us in every uh, direction to be your servants. And we'll give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, God was... Uh, Challenging Daniel. <clears throat> Y'all have to excuse me. I don't know what this is. But if anybody's got a remedy, I'll take it right now. Uh, that's seldom. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had received a, a, a vision, a dream, if you will, and uh, that uh, brought fear to his heart. Now, that's, it's empty, darling. I'm sorry. Thank you for looking over. It's okay. I'll be all right. Uh, God uh, kind of disturbed Nebuchadnezzar. Now, if y'all remember a little of your history, Nebuchadnezzar was a pretty powerful man. He pretty much ruled the known world at that time. And uh, God had him troubled about something he had revealed to him. And uh he just, he didn't have enough people to help him out to tell him what it was, and he was losing his sleep. And uh, you know when a, a man of great power and uh, that kind of stuff gets excited and anxious and uh, frustrated about something he can be hard to live with. And Nebuchadnezzar was uh, no uh, different from most men in a position like that. And he was uh, gripped with fear from this dream. Uh and his, uh, his fear took a, a godly man to confront it. And <clears throat> that's where Daniel came in. Uh, that uh, fact that the dream brought Nebuchadnezzar face to face with God was something that uh, we need to understand today. Our dreams sometimes seem fanciful to us. They don't seem to have very much meaning. Sometimes, every once in a while, a, a, a crack of light glimmers through the darkness, and we need to pay attention. And I think that's what's happened to Nebuchadnezzar here in this. Uh, his uh, fear that he had was confronted, though, by a God who would comfort him and give him confidence, uh, even though he'd had this dream. Uh, this godly confidence would be unusual, to say the least, but it would be a strong answer to his prayers as well. Uh, and uh, it brought 
deliverance to a lot of people. Uh, you know, in our world today, if we make application to what happened years ago in Scripture that was preserved for us today, if we would, would see that God uses men and women in His ministry, and He uses them daily on a regular basis, and we ought to not be afraid of God's call but so many times, and I've, I've talked to a lot of preacher boys in my lifetime. You know, I've, I've been to seminary and all of that. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it's a pretty even split down the line, 50-50, as those that were scared to death when God called them to preach. You know, we, we're not unlike some of the men in the Bible that run off in the woods and hide. You know, we just, we don't like that. And we can we can fight with it and we can wrestle with it and we can do all of that sort of stuff for a long time but I'm going to tell you something God wants you to do something the best thing for you is to do it just surrender to him say yes sir and give me the strength and go ahead and do it I promise you he'll be with you you can kick against the traces and uh, be <laughs> be stubborn and not want to do it and be like an old mule out there with that single plowshare on the back and a man behind him with the, the lashes thrown over his shoulder just uh, he he going to make him get down to the end of the row, I promise. And God is no different. We, as his people, he has appointed to us something to do in our lives, and he intends for us to do that. It's easier for us if we'll make up our mind to get on his side and pull with him instead of trying to pull against him. Uh, this, uh, this instance here with... <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar is, is a good example. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was gripped with fear because he didn't he didn't know what to think. Uh, and uh, God's man, God's man went to talk to him, and uh, Daniel just got in his face and uh, brought the message to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and uh, that uh, it was God who was talking to him. And uh, he called he called God uh, the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. Uh, we we want God to be what we want Him to be. I don't know whether y'all have noticed that about people, but you can go from different denominational church to different denominational church, and you'll see what I'm talking about in the flesh every week. People want God to be who they want God to be. I want to tell you something. God is who He is, and it doesn't make any difference what we think. It doesn't make any difference what we do. The best thing we can do is immerse ourselves into His Word to discover who He is and what He wants from us. Because what He wants for you is completely different from what He wants from me. And it goes around to every person. There's so many different people in the world with different personalities and different characteristics and different abilities. God wants to use all of that for His honor and His glory. He doesn't want us to hide in the corner somewhere hoping He'll change His mind. That doesn't work. How you know? Proof stands before you. The last thing I would have chosen to do was get in a pulpit and preach. I couldn't give a five-minute oral book report in an English class without forgetting every rule of grammar I had ever learned and stuttering and stammering around like some buffoon that just came out the cotton patch. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was just that way about public speaking. God said, I want you to preach. I said, yeah, uh uh-huh. What was the prophet that went that way instead of that way? I I didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. For sure. It wasn't my idea of fun at all. Uh, we're going we're gonna to examine a little bit of this fear that overcomes us and, and seizes us when we get in these conditions. Uh, needless to say, <laughs> we want God's word and we want God to say what we want him to say. As people, it would be a lot easier if, if he would do what we wanted him to do. And 99% of the time it would be you or somebody else to do that. Well, I'll pray for them. How many times How many times you heard people say that? How, have, how many times have you said it yourself? Well, I'll pray for y'all. Just don't ask me to do nothing. Well, what do you think prayer is? That's something. It requires a little time and a little dedication. But it can soon be forgotten as soon as we turn around and walk off. We need to do what God wants us to do. Uh, and uh, open the door to the Nebuchadnezzars of the world, to the God of gods, King of kings, and Lord of lords, uh, to the Lord himself. Uh, (laughs) As we look at this passage of Scripture, we can see uh, some (laughs) worldly fear arise in this, but we can also see some godly confidence that sticks its head up to uh, the fear. Uh, the manifestation of worldly fear is, ex- is extreme sometimes. Look at verses 5 and 6. The king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. Whoops. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you will receive gifts, reward, and great honor from me. Now, what were they trying to do? Hedge their bet. They didn't want to do this. They didn't want to get in with God and say, uh, well, we can, we can tell you what that is. Just give us a little bit and we can do it. They knew they couldn't do it. And they knew they couldn't do it on their own. If it was going to be done, it had to be done in coordination with God. When God asks us as an individual or as a church to do something, folks, let me tell you something. There's nothing on this planet that can stop us from doing it if we are sold out to God, if he wants us to do something. He'll provide the means. He'll provide the resources. He'll provide the people. He'll provide the dedication. That's just who he is. God did things on earth through nobodies. If you read it from the front to the back, you find the only person that really was a somebody was Jesus. He he did what he did on this planet through the ministry of human beings just like you and just like me. I'm not the caliber of Paul. Well, I'm not either. It doesn't mean that you can't be. God's in the miracle business, isn't he? He can take an average person like you and me and make Billy Grahams out of them, if you will. That may be a, a low ball <laughs> illustration. I don't mean to 
Not saying anything bad about Billy Graham. Heaven knows he's, uh, he's made a difference in the world. But, folks, there's no sense in us getting afraid. Uh, when we look at verses 5 and 6, this, uh, this fear uh, becomes extreme in our lives. It just it overtakes us, and we're afraid to do anything. Uh, and uh, if you look at verses 8 and 9, let me get back over there to them. The king replied, I know for certain you're trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. <laughs> you have comprised, conspired, excuse me, to tell me something false and fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream, and I will know you can give me the interpretation. They wanted to know what the king had dreamed so they could make up something to tell him about what the dream meant. The king knew better than that. The king says, you tell me both of what God's trying to tell me. Uh, sometimes God's manifestations come to us in extreme ways like that, and we have no idea what God wants from us. We have no idea. Paranoia sets in, uh, a worldly fear in our hearts, in our lives. Well, I can't do that. I'm not trained to do that. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da uh, down the line. Let me tell you something. Uh, I've been in and around churches for a long time, and the biggest objection I've seen people give is trying to get them, when, when you're serving on the committee, uh, to get people to do work in the church when you ask them to teach a class. Oh, buddy, you would have thought you cut one of their legs off. <laughs> they want to run and hide just as quick as they can because I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, how come you can't? I can't do this. I'd be a nervous wreck and almost wet my britches if I had to give an oral book report for five minutes in an English class in school. Can you imagine what I felt like when God called me to preach? said, Lord, I ain't got enough pants. That's being a little facetious, but that's about right. We make up excuses for trying to get out of what God wants us to do. Let me tell you something. It's a whole lot easier, and it's a whole lot more fun, even though it might get under your skin sometimes, doing what God wants you to do. If our churches today, just even if... This church, everybody made up their mind they were going to surrender to God's will and do what God wanted. It'd make a difference. We might not see the numbers flood immediately, but they would come. How do you think some of these churches get to be who they are? Because of the speakers? I've seen some churches that had... Zero, if you want to get down on the scale, speakers, but be just full of the spirit and the seams of the church just bursting because of the number of people that go there. Why? Because God's there. If God shows up, we need to go where he is. We need to get with him. We need to be in business with him. There's no sense in being paranoid and saying that we, we can't do these things. Uh, that, that kind of fear is, is irrational. It's like saying God can't do this. And we don't need to say that God can't do anything. God can do anything that he desires to do. 
anything, especially according to his will, he'll make sure it happens. Uh, to have worldly fear of doing what God wants us to do or trying to do what God wants us to do is unreasonable. It's just there's no sense in it. There's no sense in it. When, uh, when we're young men and we're trying to take part in athletics or something like that, you know, and whether it's running or lifting or playing football, throwing, catching, doesn't make any difference. Uh, I remember <laughs> I played first base when I was a little boy playing ball. And I was pretty good. If I could get a glove to it, I could catch it. Problem was, I was so bigger than round and fat, I couldn't stretch very far, so I missed quite a few too. So. <laughs> that, uh, but we can do what God wants us to do. It's not unreasonable to think that we can't do the job. When you look at me compared to all the first basemen in the world, you see them little skinny sticks about that big, you got arms that long. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you ever watch baseball. These guys are... They look like they're six four or six five and got arms that are three three, you know. I mean, they can reach forever halfway to second base. It seems like sometimes, and little old fat rotund Terry, if it got close enough to get a glove on it, I'd catch it. Now, not bragging on me, it's just saying that our fears about what we can do and can't do are unreasonable when it comes to what God wants us to do. There's no sense in being afraid. We just need to go ahead and do it. Uh, in contrast to our fear is godly confidence. God's not going to ask us something to do that he's not going to give us the confidence to do. We might be afraid, afraid to try for a while, but that, that's going to calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, the, the thing that he's leading us to do is going to be inside of our heart. We're going to be... Uh, very discreet about it. Now look, when God asks you to do something and calls you to do something and equips you to do something, he doesn't, he doesn't build in you the desire to go out on the street and start bragging and talking about what you can do and what you can't do. Y'all seen people like that? I've met people like that that had all the ability in the world, but there's nobody in the world that didn't know about it either. Know what I'm talking about? I've seen people like that. That and a nickel won't buy you nothing today. There are, there are people out there that uh, have a lot of fear that's irrational and a lot of fear to do what God wants them to do that's unreasonable fear. Because, listen, folks, if we realize God wants us to do something, we can do it. He told us we could do it. He promised us we could do it. If he's in it, we need to be in the middle of it. I'm telling you, it may not be easy and it may not be fun in the beginning. Before you get through, it's going to be fun even because you did what God wanted you to do. You may be bruised up and you may be battered a little bit, but you're still going to be having fun. And, hey, I played football just about all my life. I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe I ever played a game I didn't get a bruise in. Not just one, multiple. Sometimes on my shins and my thighs and my rear end and my back and my chest and my my face, we won't talk about my head. We don't know why I look like I do. 
been on the wrong end of too many elbows. <laughs> I tell you, look, we do a lot of things for our own pleasure and recreation, and God asks us to do something that's not nearly physically that hard and just ask us to exercise our mind a little bit. We don't like that. We didn't like school. We don't like what God tells us to do either because that requires us to get in that word a little bit and learn what he said. Folks, it's not unreasonable to be afraid. Just to understand, God conquers the fear. He can put his thumb on it and equip us to do what he wants. We, uh, we need to have a godly confidence. Uh, look at verse 14, if I can turn to it. Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He asked Ariok, the king's officer, why is the decree from the king so harsh? Ariok explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Uh, he was confident that he could tell the, the king what he wanted to hear. He wasn't a sense in killing anybody over it. He could go to God and find out what he wanted to know. And folks, look, when it's dismal in our lives, when everything is black and surrounds us and looks like there's no future at all, you know the place to go? It's not the psychiatrist. It's not the friends. It's not the, the share group or anything like that. We ought to go to our knees before the Lord. That's where we ought to go if we want to find the calm, the discreet calm about the whole thing and uh, be informed, as it were, by God. God's got the answers. If we want to know the answers, we need to go to the one who asked the question. We need to go before the Lord. And uh, here in this passage, we can see that the focus became prayer and praise, prayer and praise became the central part of what, uh, what Daniel was uh, talking to God about. This godly confidence becomes bold. Look, how many times have you thought to yourself or heard others say, Oh, I, well, I can't ask God about that. That's asking too much. Can you ask God for too much? There's not anything that we can't ask Him that He's not capable of doing. Now, it may have a desire or a need somewhere else that He doesn't, he doesn't get to it when we think He ought to. But God is certainly capable of answering all of our prayers, and I promise you, uh, if we... Focus our prayers on what is needed and the reason for it being needed. And look, <laughs> I've seen a lot of parents pick up their little ones and just tear them up, you know, and not tell them why. Now, hey, I might have got a lot of spankings, but I'm going to tell you, I knew why I was getting it before, during, and after I got it. I knew why and where it came from and where it was going to go again if things didn't change. That's just the way life was around my house. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, God's got, he's got focused information on his side, and uh, we need to understand that uh, we need to be tied in with him. 
our prayers need to be tied in with him and everything that he stands for. And we need to be focused on praising him when things like uh, when things like him getting after us and paddling us a little bit becomes a last resort for him. We ought to be thankful when God corrects us. Now, when I was little and I got a spanking, I wasn't thankful to anybody that I got a spanking. I did not like it. My daddy didn't spank me too much, but my mother could take up the slack. Me and her go round and round behind that old patent leather filigreed edge belt many times. Y'all don't think that? That's like getting three licks at once, two whips and a belt. Round and around and around. I lived, and I lived to be a better person because of it. And God is the same way when he corrects us. When he gets after us through his word, through direct contact, through other people, God's intention is to love us into a divine walk with him. We need to understand that. He doesn't want to hurt us. He wants us to be focused on him. He wants us to be involved in prayer and praise. And he also wants us to <laughs> be confident and bold in our service. Uh, look at the verse 24. See if I can find it right quick. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had assigned to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him, Don't kill, it. Don't kill the wise men of Babylon. Bring, them, bring me before the king, and I will give him the interpretation. That doesn't sound like somebody that's too timid about anything, does it? He said, Don't kill these boys. Take me to the king. I'll tell him what he wants to hear, or what he needs to hear anyway. He was certain about himself. Why? Because God was certain to him. He was sure of his God. The biggest problem with our church today, I think that we have one of the biggest problems is we're not sure about our God. We're just not certain and have the confidence to say God's will is. And sometimes we make fun of preachers we see on television that say God's will is. Sometimes, bless Pat, that comes true, doesn't it? We may not like it, but this boldness is a humbling experience. According to this writer in verses 27 through 30, and it also serves as a witness to other people. You know, if we're bold enough to speak a word for God when circumstances don't seem to call for it, you know, when people are down and hurting, they want somebody to pat them on the back and, and rub them and smooth them out and give them comfort. And sometimes nothing else give comfort, gives comfort like God's Word, like a loving touch from one of God's people. It never hurts to let a hurting warrior know that fellow warriors love them. It doesn't hurt to hug them up and pat them on the back Tell them they've done a good job. Now, we, uh, we may experience the grip of fear every day in our life or from time to time. It doesn't matter. But sooner or later, fear comes along in every one of our lives. Uh, and uh, we may be troubled like Nebuchadnezzar with sleepless nights trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do, how are we going to deal with this, how are we going to handle that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you something. 
God's plan from before the foundations of the world, how things are going to be at that particular time in your particular life. And we can confidently be assured that God's on our side. We love him. We need to understand he died for us and there's not anything in the world he wouldn't do. What else can he do than what he's already done? So we need to have confidence in God's ability to get us through the storm. There's not a storm raging out there in the world. It may seem like it at the time you're in the middle of it, but there's not a storm out there raging in our lives that God can't lead us through. And we come out the other side as stronger and more confident people. We're here today face to face with each other and God. The Lord of Kings and the revealer of all mysteries everywhere. That's our God. We need to understand with all of our hearts that there's no God but Him. The boss is not God. The payroll department's not God. Uh, the preacher's not God for sure. The Sunday school teacher's not God. Uh, the baseball coach or the basketball coach is not God. Uh, the Lord is. The Lord is God of gods, King of kings, and all mysteries are known to him. We have a problem. We don't need to take it to the talk radio people. We don't need to take it to the woman or whoever has got the, the editorial page and answers these foolish questions on uh, these editorial pages. We don't, we don't need all of that. We've got, a, we've got a direct line to the one who knows. And all we have to do is use it. And folks, that's a direct line of prayer, and we need to dial it up every once in a while. And I hope this bunch here especially will dial it up frequently and ask pertinent questions and then shut up and listen for pertinent answers. You know, a lot of times our problem is we don't sit still long enough to get an answer. We just mumble a few words. We think, well, God's got that, and we go on about it. We need to understand God's God, nobody else but him, no other God. He's the Lord of everything, going to be when Jesus comes back. All mysteries are known to him. Nothing's secret to him. He knows where you're going to be 20 years from now, just like he does me. He wants to give every one of us peace and rest to our troubled spirits, if you will. The things that cause us to lose sleep. Our question for us in our lives today is, do we have this kind of confidence? Can we walk confidently before the Lord knowing that everything's in his hands and he's in control? Our problem is turning it loose. Uh, we need to acknowledge him as a God of peace. We have trouble in our heart and things are just tearing us up. He's a God of peace. He can settle that down. He's the one that can give us that peace. When the world gets after us and the devil gets after us, and it's, the devil just, he doesn't quit either when he gets after you sometimes. God can stop him dead in his tracks. Uh, and lastly, folks need to, to trust God for their salvation. 
You know, there's a lot of our friends and families that don't know about Jesus and salvation. Well, they may have been in church, they might have heard the message, but they've never really been confronted with it. Have we, as their Christian loved ones and friends, been willing to swallow our pride and our fear and sit down with somebody and tell them about Jesus and the plan of salvation? You're not responsible for getting them saved. Neither am I. You don't have to do that. That's God's business. But our responsibility as God's children is to tell them how much he loves them and how much he wants them to be saved, and he died to ensure that. Just, hey, that's who we are. Godly confidence should overcome that worldly fear. I know we're all scared to death to step out there where we haven't been before and do some of these things. It's a frightening thing. But God can overcome that fear. If he can take a 15-year-old bowl of jello and give it a confidence to stand before crowds of people and talk about Jesus, he can do it for you. And I speak from experience on that one. Okay, let's stand. We'll have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. I thank y'all for being here. Whew. I don't do that much. All right, it's 12 o'clock and 15 seconds. That's, that's pretty close. <laughs> uh, I, well, what it was, I forgot it was Sunday. <laughs> anyway, hope y'all have a good week. We'll be here Wednesday night, won't we? Uh-uh, no, we're... We're not having Wednesday night and, and Sunday night and Sunday school. We're just having preaching. See, I, look, really, y'all need to pray for me every, every opportunity you think about it. Pray for me because my head is screwed up. Excuse my language, but it, it's really, it's, it's muddled up. That's, I mean, I can't remember things that happened five minutes ago. Uh, I can't even tell you the date that Trisha and I got married. I know it was in August, wasn't it? I'm, I, that's pretty close for me, just to get the month that many years ago. Amen. Have mercy. Y'all pray for me, and uh, pray for our church. We got a lot of people out in our community and everywhere else because of this COVID stuff. They're scared to death of it, and I don't blame them. It's a killer, and uh, we, need to, we need to remember uh, each other as we pray. Any announcements before we dismiss Okay, let's bow together. <clears throat> we'll be uh, dismissed. All right. Father God, we thank you for the privilege we have to be your children. What an amazing thing to be a member of your family. God, we thank you for adopting us through the blood of Jesus to be just that. We pray that we would be faithful to you in all of our lives to do the things that you have called us to do to glorify you, and to lead others to the knowledge of Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for our fellowship here, and we pray that you would bless us and just, God, use us to honor you and bring growth in number and in our spirits as we have church and worship together. We'll give you all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.